This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And today I'm going to save you from your teenage anxiety. It's so interesting because the reason we love movies like Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and uh, things like that, that that harken back to adolescence is because that time in your life that's so filled with uncertainty where it feels like you're constantly sliding off a cliff and you are battling your own childhood, uh, your own desire to break away from your family and be an adult, your hormones, your social life, and everything uh, that compounds what is already a difficult yet entertaining period in time. But it never leaves you. It always it always resonates. Like our adolescence is something that is always present. It is always right there. Um, the, the first book that I wrote was actually an advice book for young women. I wrote it when I was 25, uh, not because I was full of wisdom, but because I wanted to send my former self a lifeline and, you know, just give my anxious teenage person the sense that don't worry so much. Don't, don't spend so much time worrying, especially about what other people think, because believe it or not, it's all going to work out. And you know, what I thought I knew when I was 25, uh, I, I feel like I'd probably have a little bit better advice now having had children and been married and been divorced and worked really hard at a career that means so much and, you know, trying to help other people navigate their lives and their careers. There's always something in that for the person who was in a state of anxious becoming, my adolescent self. So I thought we would build a teenage time machine and go back to the past, to who we were, and you know what are the pieces of advice that you would give your uncertain self? And also, what did you do that was awesome? Uh, the first person who came to mind when I wanted to talk about this was someone, is someone that I work with and I love and adore that I go to for personal and professional advice almost on a daily basis. And I wish when I was 14 that I knew present day Dagan McDowell because I, I think that, that she would have assuaged all of my fears and really encouraged me to embrace badassery at a time when I was terrified of what other people thought of me. Dagan McDowell, welcome back to Kennedy Saves the World. I love you so much. I love you too. And and you are one of the best advice givers I know. I don't know why, but... Because <laughs> you've lived it, yeah. and you're an analytical person, uh, but you have a gigantic heart, and you, you truly care about people, but you're also protective of the people that you love. So when you look back on your own adolescence, what would you what would you tell yourself now? So I made a list. Excellent. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and read it, but because you, you texted me about this. And I, the first thing I thought of was, 
I still, in many ways, still feel 14. Yes. I still feel, I still know who that person is and that person, that version of myself still exists today. A lot of it good. Some of it, like the anxiety is still there. The first thing that I wrote down was, and this is pretty serious, but broadly speaking, keep your body to yourself for as long as you possibly can. That's what I would tell myself is that, and I don't mean necessarily having sex, but like when you start experimenting physically with other people, you really begin to give part of yourself away. And it makes you more self-conscious at that age about um, your appearance. And this is pre, you know, pre-internet, pre-everything. I mean, this is, we we still, we had a Sony Walkman. But I think that it's like being really careful with how you share that part of yourself with other people. That's one thing that I would tell my 14-year-old self is like, it, boys are important, but they're not that important. Or, gir- or girls. Yeah, but it, it's, you know, someone who is giving you validation based on your sexuality, that is not the most important thing. And, no. you know, imagine if if we, like, impulsive 14-year-old me, thank God I didn't have social media because I would have posted really stupid things. Right. And, you know, that's one of the things that I'm glad I did right is, you know, I didn't have sex until I was in my 20s. And I'm glad... I waited and I'm always telling my girls and I know I sound like I'm harping on them. I'm like, don't send nudes. You know, I have two teenage girls. It's not like they're (laughs) four and six because that would be weird. Uh, But I'm always like, you can never unsend things like that. And although it may feel like whoever you're dating is going to be the love of your life, the second it go sour they're gonna they're already sharing it with their friends right in the the blushes of of young perfect love when that goes south they're giving it to everybody even even back then now i didn't have sex until i was uh, out of high school but still it's still that you know kissing's just fine like that kind of interaction because it makes you if you hold the longer you hold on to that sacred part of yourself the physical self it will stop the ins- some of the insecurities from being bred very early on because you're not worried about how do you look to a boy? Is, you know, are my thighs fat? Or, you know, is my butt too flat? Is my butt too wide? And and stuff like that. And that was another thing I put on the list is your <laughs> 14-year-old self, your body is never going to look better <laughs> than it does right <laughs> now. So all the insecurities about how you look, you're out of your mind, 14-year-old self, that you're worried about the way you'll, your skin's never going to look better. Your hair up, uh, on the list, please don't cut your hair. <laughs> Keep your hair long. I had a haircut that looked like Anna Wintour. Why did I have an Anna Wintour haircut when I was like 14? I had a haircut that looked like Pee Wee Herman when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> I mean, it was it was such a bad choice. I was trying to get a flat top. I really was. And, you know, now they would make me call myself Carl, and I'd have to go by he, him, they, them at best. Uh, but back then, I just really liked Pee Wee Herman. So I figured, like, the only way to pay homage is, you know, my 13-year-old self with braces doing a lot of scarf dressing uh, was to try and get a buzz cut. And then... Uh, wasn't really the best choice. I hope that Paul Rubens is listening to this. I follow him on Instagram, and I I don't know if he runs his own Instagram account, but I just find it just precious, precious and refreshing. 
So one of the things that, that I was so worried about, when I got to high school, we went to a four-year high school. My oldest brother was a fifth-year senior. He should have graduated in the <laughs> summer, but he, he didn't have the credit. So they were like, you know what? You can come back and do a fifth year of high school. And he also, you know, he got eligibility to run track. And so he was probably the most visible, popular person in school, you know. And so I had to live in his shadow. And I had another brother who was a year ahead of me. And so I was always terrified of what the older girls thought of me. And I was so, I was always like apologizing. And and it's like, I, I wish that I had let go of some of that and just learned to fly the bird a little sooner. I, that I completely agree. I went away to boarding school, to an all-girls boarding school. And when what was, I was that like? What was the 14, all-girls experience like? I, li- I can't even conceive of that. I liked it because it takes some of the pressure off of, like, seeing boys on a day-to-day basis. I, it, But it was tough socially because I was a country bumpkin from the, a very tiny little town, very rural, you know, agrarian town. And I went to these were girls who had been in school with each other since they were kindergarten. They all went to the same camps. Yeah. That was a thing. And camps. they'd been on. I remember camps. And it was a v- socially vicious. And so t- that's exactly your point is like you just need because you're trying to navigate like who who am I going to hang out with? Because I'm not really I was never the person that wanted to try to impress other people because that meant I wasn't being myself. But I still struggled to find a place. And and I really benefited from just hanging out with strange people. Like, hang out with, like, weirdos are the best people to hang out with because they have, because they're not worried about impressing other people they're not concerned with belonging to a certain group, but they will take you to the dankest, darkest clubs to hear live music. And they're the ones who will go to a, I say this and I age myself, a record store. Like you can still like go to see Eraser. I went to see Eraserhead dozens of times when I was um, in high school at like this art house theater. But it's those people that help you figure out like, what your interests are. I just never, it, it was just so damaging to try to be around these girls who were all mean. They were, na- the, like, especially, they were especially nasty. when they pack up. So, it, and, yeah. and you have a choice to make because a lot of people, and this is when social media compounds everything. And, and, you know, when the mental health of young women particularly suffers is when young women try to fit into that group. You know, they, they try and fit in with the plastics. Right. And, you know, it, it's always a, a losing proposition with diminishing returns, but we've all done it. We have more of this interview in moments coming up. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. 
I I might have done I I'm I guess I'm flattering myself too much. I might have done that if I could even figure out what to do to try and be cool. Like I was so far removed from the like this country club. Um, we all have to dress the same um, clique of girls that I didn't even know what first steps to take to even try to belong. That's where I was. So, so I was just very, very quiet. And I just only talked to people who I knew wouldn't judge me. And you talk about social media. I don't know what it would be like if I was 14 today because there's so – I'm. I don't know if I've ever publicly shared this. I developed bulimia. Mm. And it's part of the just my who I am. Like I'm wrapped really tight. I'm an overachiever. Like and I develop and that's it's a control thing. And but that's without social media and without the pressure of the way on the way you look coming from strangers and and in photos and online and the hate that you get from people you've never even laid eyes on. I don't know what it would have done then, but that, you know, it's just a control thing. It's just that's kind of the one big thing about eating disorders that people um, don't realize. It's not about food. And it's not it's not necessarily about weight loss. You're, no, and that's it's why, not about weight loss That's at why all. eating disorders are so incredibly hard to treat. And it, even when you think true. you overcome it in adolescence, there's something, you know, it still kind of gnaws at you. It still stays mm-hmm. at you. And uh, with so it's, it's interesting that you say that about social media because, you know, in high school, without it, you just compare yourself to the best asses in high school. And that's just your <laughs> high school. Like We had a high school of 900 asses. So we had, you know, arguably 450 female asses, uh, 20, 250 of them were uh, really great female asses. And, but Imagine like 250 million, like, you know, it's like the best Photoshop filtered ass ever of someone your age and you're supposed to compete with that. Uh, It's so devastating. And, you know, to your point about um, finding the weirdo. So I found my weirdo in seventh grade and it was she turned out to be my best friend and she still is to this day. So I had a choice. We were at a high school football game, even though we were in junior high. And this really cute boy named JP came up to talk to me. And so I had to make a choice in that moment. Am I going to talk to Kiki or am I going to talk to JP? And Kiki started, she had a retainer with permanent teeth in them because they had pulled her baby teeth and they never grew back. So she had to have a retainer just for looks with these fake teeth. So she started clicking her fake teeth in and out of her mouth to JP. And he looked at her like she was just a disgusting leper. And so in that moment, I had to choose. And I was laughing so hard. I was like, I choose Kiki. And so she was my weirdo. And we went and saw Frankenhooker every weekend at Cinnamon 21 in Portland. And it, it's like, and we were, you know, it's like, she was, she was like pretty. Eventually she had, I mean, she had the fake teeth and she had scoliosis. So she had a hard back brace in high school and talk about a glow up. Cause she got the back brace off. Her teeth grew in. She got her braces off. She dyed her hair blonde and she was like stunningly beautiful, but she didn't feel that way because she always felt like kind of a weirdo. So she was a great best friend. Because she never felt like she was the pretty one. And guys would fall all over themselves. And she's like, what is wrong with him? Why can't he walk? It's like, because he's a walking boner because you're, you're beautiful. But so we, we weren't part of a group, but we always had each other. I saw myself probably, my perception of self, my physical self was like, I probably look like Peter Lorre. <laughs> 
Um, but yes. and and guys <laughs> didn't like boys didn't like me. They just didn't. I don't know why. I they just didn't. I just didn't. I had really by the time I even though I was in an all girls school, terrific education by the way. I. But I developed really good guy friends, like, outside of school. And I think maybe that's what I was missing. I just, um, because they, well, they were a bunch of pack of weirdos. Um, and not in in a absolutely great way. But uh, one other thing, like, read as soon as you possibly can to my 14-year-old self. Start reading uh, Hunter Thompson and Kerouac and Tom Wolfe, all of those great writers, and also poetry, sorry, because it'll make you mysterious. People will think that you're much more that you learned. Know something. Yes, yeah. learned, but it it can inspire you to think. All of those writers, whether it's William Blake or I can't believe I'm mentioning William Blake and Hunter Thompson in the same breath, but they will inspire you to think and write more creatively and it will give it will open your brain to if you're even if you're a math and science person it will it's very expansive in terms of the way you might see the world even yates and and use language which is i think probably a dying art given Twitter and other social and emojis media. like we've referred to, right. we've reverted to hieroglyphics yeah i i made a joke once about fruit like, you you know, you have to be careful about what emojis you use at work. I'm like, I just use fruit, not the obvious fruits and vegetables. Like peaches emojis. and eggplants. Right. I don't yeah. use those, but I use broccoli. I Nobody. do. I do. I use peaches and eggplants religiously. <laughs> but like if you're texting. And I want someone to rinse the eggplant because you have to rinse it and then salt it. And that's how it's best fried. But, you know, <laughs> if, if the wrong person is reading that, they think that the eggplant is crying, but it's not really an eggplant and they're not really tears. And. I like broccoli. Nobody knows if that's a se- if I'm being sexually suggestive if I use a broccoli emoji. So maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> exactly. Maybe, maybe I know I'm, something you don't know. Maybe I'm hitting on you. What I'm is the to- What is the ultimate piece of advice you would give to young Dagan? Even with all the insecurities at fourteen, you actually know who you are, and you know who you're going to be for the rest of your life, and you know what you're what you love, and you know what you're good at. And you just need to acknowledge that and embrace it and not worry about the outside world so much. Worried about your interior self more than what other people think about you. Are you surprised by how much your adolescence still resonates with you? Do you think that would have been a surprise to 14-year-old Dagan? Uh, Yes. I would have hoped that some of the stuff would have fallen away by now, some of the, the anxiety, some of the insecurities. But I'm also glad a lot of it did. And... But like I was, you know what I've been listening to all day. I've been listening to early REM. Mm-hmm. I've been and like the stuff that Mitch Easter produced. And I've been dancing in my office to the same shit that I was listening to when I was fourteen. Yeah, fourteen years old. Those as as my friend Rob Baker says, those great god, those great Athenian gods. And so I, I still find as much joy in singing and dancing to hyena as I did when I was a teenager. So, and I still love the best teenage movie, better than Breakfast Club, better than 16 Candles is actually Valley Girl. I Nicolas love Cage Valley Girl because it still resonates. She's cool, he's hot. She's from the valley, <laughs> he's not. 
So great. The Plimsolls. Yes. That soundtrack. <laughs> miles away. That's the best. Because, again, it's like you're from the you, – you don't fit in. You're from the wrong side of the tracks, but you're still – Got a really gnarly chest of facial hair. I mean, of uh, chest hair. Yes. Gnarly chest full of very curly hair. Oh, beautifully done. Um, Dagan, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. This this has been so much fun, and I hope people continue it uh, on their own. Yeah, I have my. I still got more on my list, but we can do another. Oh podcast. yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do part two electric boogaloo <laughs> with teenage time machine because we're gonna fire that thing back up very soon. <laughs> Dagan, thank you so much for everything. I love you. I love you too. You're the best. Happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.